Hello, and I'm glad you joined me because today we have a special guest in the studio, and that is David Cry. We'll be playing some of David's tunes from his albums, as well as live recording. So we're going to start things off today with a song from David's album, Country Dreamer. Here's David with nothing left to say. My name's Audie Martello, and welcome to Mostly Folk. Cigarettes and prescription pills can't keep you from going crazy. You'll find out just who you are when you get the chance to be lazy. It's awful hard to live where you live and play the part of a star. Driving to hell and back at night in some past it cracked up car. So let's let dreams die We all got sins to erase When you see your name on the grave There's nothing that you can say There's nothing left to save Cocaine, pot, liquor and love Are bound to make you sick Still you gotta inhale them all Cause they could really do the trick Some folks are good And some folks are both But some folks are just plain bad Don't judge your lover by their friends Or chances are that you'll be hired So let's let dreams die We all got sins to erase when you see your name on a grave, there's nothing that you can't say. There's nothing left to say. Sensitive is oh so sweet Except when it goes too far Nobody's perfect This we know I can count on as a fact Still you gotta go for an hour To keep your dignity intact So let's let dreams die We all got sins to erase when you see your name on a grave, there's nothing that you can save. So let's let dreams die. We all got sins to erase. When you see your name on a grave, there's nothing that you can save. There's nothing left to save. Once again, I'm fortunate to have a guest in the Mostly Folk Studios, and that is David Cry. 
and I am going to let David talk a little bit about himself, and we'll be playing music, not only live, but from one of David's albums, and he has many albums. So uh, let's turn it over to David Cry. Hi, David. Hello. Good morning. Good to be here. And uh, let's talk a little bit about yourself and your. You've you have a, a varied career. Uh, do you consider yourself a troubadour or? or <laughs> I like to, yeah. Um, okay. But you know, I think uh, all art is informed by culture and other art. And I've had, uh, you know, growing up, I drew a lot. And uh, then I actually have a degree in acting, and I was a professional actor for a while, and I think all of these things just uh, led to getting to where I am today. I always loved music. Uh, my folks were always playing music. My stepdad's a musician. Uh, my dad lived next door to Janis Joplin in San Francisco. and wow. So I always just grew up hearing about uh, those good old days in San Francisco, and he... Uh, you know, would do would help out at you know the Fillmore and the Avalon, handing out flyers and, and hanging up posters, and he he had all these handbills that he saved, and just looking at that art on those great posters and all those legendary musicians, um, you know, I always thought about that when I was drawing, and I always revered musicians so much. It, I think back that, uh, you know, I always felt like I can't really be a musician, and I, I played music and listened to music nonstop, and that was the thing that always really uh, I guess you know whatever got me off the most but uh, I went these these other routes and um, finally it all came full circle and I realized being a musician seems so un uh, unattainable but now you know all these years later I, I was one and it was time to you know step into that place and I just feel that um, you know like everything you read the newspaper you put those into songs you read books you learn about things you create plays movies films whatever it all goes together and uh so you kind of become a, a jack of all trades i like to think of definitely myself as a troubadour but hopefully just as a an artist overall and a human being <laughs> Bar. Sit right down and rest your knees. We won't give out your hurt your ease. Yes, what we do is aim to please. Now grab your honey and grab a beer. Drink it fast or drink it slow. No matter what you do, you need to know to pull her close and dose the dough. And I just got a sign. we play this type of country both night and day. That's just the way we roll. We got table still to the far right. To my right, we got the bass. Our drummer is behind me, stirring up the beats and keeping the pace. Now I'm just a long-haired hippie. It's a lack playing harp in the rack. The man to my left should play some in guitar We each got each other's back And I just got a sign here That we serve up 
that's just the way we roll. did you grow up, by the way? I grew up in New Paltz, New York. Okay. So. Uh, and uh, are you still living there now? Or? I, I live up in the mountains there now. I left for a long time, um, went away to college, and then lived in Texas and Oklahoma and, and New York City and Los Angeles. But I'm sure, as you know from being up here in these uh, this upstate New York area, 
there's just like a, a lot of magic. It's so beautiful. And the people are really great, uh, really open-minded, really liberal. Um, and in, and when I say that, I mean, in the way that you're free to think what you want. Nobody's really judging you. They're open to discussions and, and talking about different things and uh, sharing, caring, uh, you know, all that stuff. So after I'd been away for a while, I really, I really missed it and appreciated it even more than I had when I was growing up, which I always appreciated it. I never thought I got to get out of here. I hate this place. I <laughs> thought I love this place. I so lucky to grow up here. I always yeah. think about how lucky I am to grow up in an awesome town like New Paltz where there's swimming holes and nature and, and, uh, you know, my folks still live there. Uh, well, my mom and my stepdad and my sister and, all my best friends pretty much moved back and have families and bought houses. So it's like, you know, I've known everybody in my life that's so dear to me since I was, you know, pre-K, stuff like that. It's pretty great. When did you start writing music? Uh, I started writing lyrics um, probably in high school. But again, like I was saying, I thought, man, this is kind of crazy. You know, you're not neil young or something <laughs> i still have all those and i never really sometime i should dig back in and try to see if i can dig anything out of them but i just sort of put those in a you know a binder and packed them away um but like i was saying when i moved back from la and i said to myself you know that this is kind of a i guess a return to your roots i was i was like i, I gotta get really serious about music this is something i've always really wanted to take to another level and it's time to just do that so you don't have any regrets in your life so all the stuff i play now um you know is probably uh about like 2001 and prior but uh, you know i was writing uh in high school and stuff like that too and uh, as you were growing up your influences who who were your major influences well when i think you know (laughs) It's funny when you're when you're growing up, you sort of want to rebel, mm-hmm. and um, I never disliked the music. Um, you know, my dad and my mom and my stepdad and my stepmom were listening to. Um, I always liked all that stuff, and that was people like uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, the band Janis Joplin, mm-hmm. uh, Buffalo Springfield. You know, John Denver, Jim Croce, uh, Santana. Almond Brothers, The Beatles, of course, Stones. Um, I always liked all that stuff, but when I was listening to music growing up, you know, it was uh, the late 80s, early 90s, so I listened to a lot of stuff like, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses and Aerosmith and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's interesting to, you know, write songs and look at lyrics even from back then. Um, And the stuff I do now it really is all influenced by people like Neil Young and Bob Dylan. And, and, and I love old country music. Um, so it's definitely influenced by people like Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard, who unfortunately mm-hmm. we just lost. Yeah. Um, and, and one of my favorite guys, uh, the guy who I think has influenced me the most musically and through a lot of stuff we can talk about today uh, has really enriched my life is uh, Graham Parsons. Huh. So, yeah, absolutely. Graham Parsons, my goodness. You've performed on stage with many people. Uh, and by the way, uh, David's website is David Cry. Now, that's spelled K R A A I. 
davidcry.com davidcry.com and david uh, on his website uh, states that he's performed with the likes of Pete Seeger, Garth Hudson, John Sebastian, Danny Lewis, John McEwen, uh, Red Simpson, Jerry Murata. I, the list goes on and on. But um, that must have uh, been quite an experience performing with these various people. How did you, how did all of this come about? I. <laughs> The way it all came about is just through the grace of the cosmos. But, um, you know, I always think when people are doing things for the right reasons and because they care about it and putting the work in and, uh, you know, I, I tour a lot and, like you said, I've made a bunch of records and love this stuff since I was, you know, precognizant or whatever, I think it all kind of comes together and people can pick up on that so um just after putting a lot of work in and getting in the right place and playing a lot of shows getting to play on bills with some of these people or getting to know some of these people uh thankfully through these years i've gotten to you know have you know play on stage with some of those guys have some of those people play on my records and um every time i'm in in that moment you know i always just take a little breath before and remind myself to just fully appreciate it not get stressed out or you know too heavy on it yeah. and uh you know to, and then when when the when we're playing those songs and doing and doing those shows or whatever to um just like take a minute and think about that whole through line you know that all of these people have been a part of and to you know like the carter family would say uh be a part of that circle and uh just sit back and and kind of get on that that wave and enjoy it and be a part of it and uh you know and appreciate it and still you know like somebody like pete seeger he, i put him in the upper echelon yeah. of not just musicians but of people and yeah. so to you know even just to have I, I remember the first time i met pete was just as as a fan you know going to a show i couldn't even believe i got to meet him and then thankfully uh living in this fertile hudson valley people like levon and garth and pete you know, cross paths with him a bunch and, you know, totally, totally blessed, totally appreciate that I got to play on stage with him and play on some bills with him and just be soaking up his amazing, amazing energy. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I think it's time that you give us a live performance. And, sure, sure. And we'll talk more right after that. So here's David Cry, and what are you going to do for us, David? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll play a, a new song. This is one, uh, speaking of people that have influenced and um, and the road and everything we've been talking about and all coming together. This is a song I wrote uh, after getting off the road from a, a tour. And uh, you'll see uh, how it names uh, somebody that's influenced everybody we've been talking about, too. And all you know is there's another day 
Cry right here in the Mostly Folk Studio, singing live for you. And the name of that tune, David, you, you said it's a new song? Ah, uh, yes. That's called Sing Me an Old Song. Okay. It's not on any album? Or... I know. That'll be on a new one. On the next album. Okay, cool. And again, how many albums do you have now? Uh, let's see. I've got three full-length albums, and then I put out a 45 with uh, two new songs in a, in a duo that I do with Amy Labor. Oh, okay. And then there's a couple... Uh, you know, other songs on various compilations that aren't on any records and stuff. So. And if people want to get a hold of this music, what's the best way of going about that? Well, the way I always recommend the most is through my website, which is davidcrykraai.com. But, uh, of course, you can get it on iTunes, Amazon, you know, all the usual So places. it's on the, the regular sources? It's or... on the spectrum. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Now, uh, as far as you are concerned, when, well, first of all, let me ask you this. Is music your only profession right now, or like many other singers, songwriters, 
do you have to have something backing it up? It is the main thing I do to make money. Uh, You know, at various points, I've had other jobs or, you know, need to get a little bit of bread to finish Mm -hmm. a record. Um, I still do freelance uh, graphic design and design posters and logos and stuff for people. And, uh, you know, then sometimes, uh, you know, friends need work or whatever and I, you know mm-hmm. i guess like merle Haggard would say i'm a working man so <laughs> gonna do that work and you know you got to put money in the car to get yep. to the gig and you got to put money in uh the studio's hand and you know uh my band and when i make records i mean it shouldn't be something crazy but i always like to make sure everybody's adequately compensated uh, you know uh just like I like to make sure I'm compensated when exactly. I'm doing my art. Exactly. So. Do you usually perform with a group or do you sing alone? Um, to maximize gig potentials and you know playing everything and being able to uh, get every place what they need, I play a lot of different ways. I, I play solo. I play in a duo uh, with a another multi-instrumentalist and a great singer-songwriter named Amy Labor. Mm-hmm. Then I'll do some duo shows uh, with the pedal steel player and fiddle player in my band. And then I have my full band, too. And that's just so, uh, you know, a band's not appropriate for some venues, so right. don't want to say can't do these shows. And, you know, singer-songwriter's not appropriate at other things. Exactly. And then yeah. some, some places, you know, say we want your music, we want to have you, but maybe this is all we can afford and then we figure out a way to make that work so everybody's winning uh, as opposed to you know only yeah. winning half of no, the time totally yeah. understood david tell me how difficult the profession is i mean i know it's not the easiest profession to be involved in but as a working performer what are the obstacles you face you know, I, I think <laughs> I'm a pretty analytical guy, so I think about exactly what you're talking about all the time. Um, really interesting place because on one hand we have the internet, um, which makes the world a lot smaller place. You can, you know, connect with different people, uh, like you were saying before, when we were talking that there's listeners in China who are hopefully listening right now too, and. Uh, even the internet makes it so we can have this this mm-hmm. podcast as opposed to having to tune into radio. And if you mm-hmm. don't catch it, oh, well, it's never going to hear it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the other hand, everything's very saturated. And with, uh, you know, when you look back at a lot of these albums by people we talked about a bit earlier, those records are, you know, like all those early Beatles albums are what, like four tracks everything's pretty much you know live and then they get a little chance to maybe add some percussion and some background vocals or whatever now there's all these tracks in a studio that's great we can you know make some really interesting records but at the same point we're oversaturated with a bunch of people they don't all necessarily maybe know how to actually play music that great but they're sitting in their house uh, which is cool you know i'm not knocking any of this analyzing over and over and then they put out something and it might sound you know whatever just as good as a a record by neil young but neil young did that live with all these great musicians and this other guy sat there micromanaging every note um so then you get into this place where almost anybody can be a musician and um we become very saturated 
So I, I think a big thing I run into being a touring and working musician um, that's not some you know huge famous guy like Pete Seeger or whatever is is that oversaturation. You're trying to get gigs. I can show up. I can play in all of these different formats. I've you know, played so many shows for so many years. Uh, I feel that you know I'm a pretty seasoned performer. Um, but then there's these other people that are just happy to get a gig. And then we run into this weird dichotomy where someone says, Hey David, we'd love to have you play. How much do you get for this? And I tell them, and then they, you know, maybe say something like, Oh, but we could get a band of five guys, you know, for 50 bucks. <laughs> and you want way more than that for you to show up with just one other dude. So we're going to go with those people. And, uh, then you think, man, those guys aren't really respecting maybe the craft, the artists, the time, everything. They just want a gig and it lowers everything down because we're living in a really tough economy where, of course, it's hard for everybody and especially for businesses. And they're thinking, oh, well, if we could pay some band of high school kids 50 bucks to rock out and make a bunch of noise. People might not like it, but it only cost us 50 bucks. Whereas if we're going to get this other band in here that might be doling out a lot of stuff everybody likes, uh, it's going to cost us a lot more money. And they're looking more at this small-term thing, the, the immediate moment, this small amount of money, as opposed to you know getting a reoccurring crowd, putting on good music. And um, it's just, it's tough, you know? Uh, but at the same point, I remember when I was happy to play gigs uh, for no money. And, and I still do it when there's a good reason or a good place. You know, if, like like we we're talking about, if somebody wants me to come open up a show for Pete Seeger, I don't need any money to do that. I'd exactly. drive to California to do that. Exactly, but yeah. It's, so that that's the thing that I think is tough, this, this unknowing. Because in, in the 60s and 70s, or of course even before, you'd listen to a record and you knew pretty much that was what you were going to get. Uh, those people could do that. Now, you don't know. And uh, that's not bad. That's cool for recorded music and cool for personal expression. And anybody, I mean, again, I'm a lover of the arts. Anybody creating art, expressing themselves, you know, geeking out on music, I love it. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about a live performance thing about people making their ends meets by being artists, that's where it gets tough. Yeah. Um, I know it uh, as a, as an entertainer, magician, you know, people also expect that uh, you perform for free. <laughs> that, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's sort of a, a disrespect for what you do. Yeah, and, nobody's going to work at McDonald's for free. Nobody's going to be a school teacher for uh -huh, free. Uh -huh. But somehow the arts... Like, actually, that's another thing that's that's kind of been, um, in my opinion, a little bit tricky about the Internet is it does connect us all a lot more. And it makes it so you can click a button and have an album right there. You don't have to go digging through record bins, looking for some rare record, hoping you find it. You can get it. So that's good. But then the the, you know, whatever Achilles heel or Pandora's box of all mm -hmm. that is, there's people taking that and giving it and sharing it. I don't even want to say giving because I don't think people are going, let's steal this record by somebody and put it out there out of the generosity of my heart. They're just thinking we can steal 
So we will do that. It's like almost like a mob mentality or yeah. something. And then you see this thing where, you know, bands like, uh, you know, like like they would even say the Grateful Dead, that you know, they, they had horrible record sales, but somehow they're drawing more people to concerts than anybody else. You know, it's like bands are coming out. You know, I'm sure Neil Young doesn't sell as many records as he has before and this and that. And I've even found websites where you can get all of my records for free. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I'm not some rich guy. Like, you know, if you just, if you want to hear it, I guess that's one thing. You know, go to my website, listen to it, or, or sure, get a stolen copy of it and listen to it. And then if you like it, please buy it. But I don't really? think most people operate like that. I I do operate like that. When people give me a record, oh, check out this record. You know, I'll put it on my, you know, I'll rip it onto my computer. And then if I find myself going, I really like this, I go out and buy it. Because, again, I'm a music nerd and I love looking Mm -hmm. at the liner notes. I still buy records physically, but it's this intangible digital world. Everything loses clarity and um, it's good and bad. It's a double-edged sword. It definitely is. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> what can I say? Uh, you know, there it does connect us, but uh, something like Facebook can become so annoying after a while. I know. That I, I, I myself have taken to only going on Facebook once or maximum twice a day, in the morning at 5 o'clock and maybe right before I go to bed because it, it can be so inflammatory and get you so worked up sometimes yeah. that uh, in addition to the nice things, uh, the you know, the friendly kind of things, there's a lot of hostility and uh, negative things. And, that, what, you know, and it's like you, we've seen this from the dawn of time. You go to a bar or something and people have a couple of drinks and next thing you know, they're Mr. Tough Guy, mm-hmm. but on the internet, everybody, nobody can see you, nobody can look at you, nobody can sock you in the Next face. Thing. Next thing you know, everybody's got is ready to have their opinion. Everybody's ready to get into a fight. Everybody, you know, and it's weird. Again, just like you're saying with Facebook, double-edged sword. You know, I've I've made connections with people that are now great friends. I've made connections with musicians that I looked up to my whole life that then eventually played on records of mine, you know, and these are great things, but then there's just these continual little proddings and, you know, it's, you know, 20 years ago, somebody would call you, they'd leave a message on your phone and maybe you get back to them in a couple of days. And that was normal. Yeah. Now you miss, I missed a phone call from my mom. 10 minutes later, she's calling my sister to find out if I'm dead or something. You know. <laughs> How did you find out about mostly folk? Um, I saw, I don't remember who it was, but a musician that I, that was on your show, I saw, you know, I probably on Facebook in their feed, but I guess okay. your podcast got published and I, mm-hmm. I said, Oh, this, I went to your website, saw all the people you had interviewed, listened to some shows, thought you did a great job and, uh, reached out to you. Great. Fantastic. And we're happy that you did. Um, how about another song then? Well, yeah, I guess uh, I can play another song here. This is uh, another new one. The road's always moving forward. And uh, yeah, this is called Shotgun Rider, especially thinking about rambling around this country. They say that a little bit never hurt nobody. So how about again? 
love for you You've been caught dreaming Well, I did too Except I was thinking About me and you So let's roll them dice, sister And just let it ride There ain't nothing like losing your precious time Sometimes you drive and Sometimes you fly Be my shotgun rider If you get too high Ain't nothing at stake here It happens every day You can't always win No matter what they say Sometimes it ain't as good doing As it is being done Anything that he wants You know I will and some So let's roll them dice, sister And just let it ride There ain't nothing like losing Your precious time Sometimes you drive And sometimes you fly Be my shotgun rider If you get too high Sometimes you drive And sometimes you fly Be my shotgun rider get too high be my shotgun rider if you get too high yes yes david cry live here in the mostly folk studio and the name of that song again Shotgun Rider. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, tell me about that guitar you're playing. Well, the one I got here with me today is uh, a Martin J40 Custom. This is one that, uh, you know, again, besides being a CD and record and music nerd, I, you know, I think a lot of musicians are also instrument nerds. So uh, I grew up loving Martin guitars. My stepdad always played Martins and you know, for the most part, I always think they just sound the best and, uh, had a, a lesser quality Martin, but that's still great. And that I still take on the road sometimes, uh, but was always thinking one day I'll get my ultimate. And so that's what this guy is. I got them to make this for me custom. It's, uh, it's black. It's got some nice butter bean tuners, got a lot of good inlay, got the old school Martin headstock, this is my main guitar I use, but uh, we were talking about Graham Parsons before, and now we're talking about guitars, so it seems like the right time to tell a little tale. Okay. So uh, I love Graham. I love his music, love his vibe. Just his voice touches me so much, and uh, he's definitely been the largest inspiration on, on my music. Um, so again, being a guy who likes to get into that circle and be a part of it uh, from the very beginning of being a professional musician, I've always tried to 
pay my respects to Graham and play a lot of Graham tunes at my shows. And the only cover song that's on any of my records is uh, my first record, and it's a cover of Graham and Chris Hillman's song uh, Wheels, which is on the, the seminal Flying Burrito Brothers album, Gilded Palace of Sin, which if anybody has not heard that, you need to hear it. It is just such an incredible record. But um, so I've I've always, I was very fortunate to get you know into the mix of the Graham world, and every year I play at a whole bunch of different Graham tribute festivals all over this country. And uh, through the years, I've played at ones in Joshua Tree, down in his hometown of Waycross, Georgia, uh, New York City, and Florida. Florida State there's some other ones uh, and I always highly recommend the one down in his hometown Waycross Georgia there's just something in the water down there breeds a lot of awesome musicians and really great people and uh, southern hospitality is not to be whatever overstated those people are just great and so uh, after putting in a lot of years you know respecting loving paying homage to Graham I was down at that festival in Georgia playing and I was uh that year uh it was being headlined by Leon Russell and Charlie Leuven and I was playing two sets kind of sandwiching Charlie Leuven uh you know again another guy I love and a total legend and um love Leon Russell too I you know got his name in one of my songs also but uh and actually Charlie Leuven released his last ever live record was a recording of his set from that concert but um so I'm about to play my second set there and uh, the guy who puts on this festival kind of motions me over to the side of the stage. And I go over and he goes, uh, do you know who Bob Buchanan is? And I, I did. He's uh, He was in the New Christie Minstrels. He was in the International Submarine Band with Graham. And he co-wrote the song that's generally considered Graham's signature tune, which is Hickory Wind, which uh, was recorded by Graham with the birds on their seminal album, Sweetheart of the Rodeo, which, mm-hmm. if you haven't heard that, y'all go get it. Um, and then he did it later with Emmylou Harris, who Graham discovered, uh, which is dream goddess woman, of course. <laughs> but uh, so I, I said, yeah, I know who he is. And he was like, well, he came down here to check out this festival. And we remembered that when you were here last year, you did a great version of Hickory Wind. And actually, a thing they, they say down uh, in, in Waycross there, there's a... You know, it's, it's called Waycross because there's a huge train intersection. And when I was playing Hickory Wind that year before, a train whistle went off. And they'd say down there, they always consider that a really good omen and a good sign. So everybody down there was like, wow, man, he played this tune. And then that train whistle went off right in it. Like, that's kind of some heavy, cool stuff, you know. So he goes, we remembered you did that last year. So we want to get him up here to just, uh, you know, kind of surprise everybody and say a little bit about Graham and his time with Graham. And then we want you to back him on that tune. So I did that. And uh, it was actually pretty cool because he came out and he spoke and then he started to leave the stage. So I kind of put my arm on him. I said, what are you doing? I thought we were going to do this song. And he was like, I don't know. I haven't been on stage in, you know, 40 years I was like, you can do this. And he later wrote me an email and said, uh, you know, I wasn't going to do it. I got really nervous. But when you touched me and I looked and, and, you know, I saw you, I could tell Graham was speaking through me or through you to me saying you should do this. So we did that. And of course, that was that started a friendship and we kept in touch. And uh, that moment actually got him back into performing live. He hadn't performed in 
like he said, about 40 years. So he was playing shows, but he was finding that this guitar he had, which is a 1962 Martin D28 uh, Brazilian Rosewood, which was the guitar uh, Bob had the whole time he was in the New Christie Minstrels and International Submarine Band, and it's actually the guitar that all of the acoustic tracks on uh, Safe at Home, which is the International Submarine Band's uh, one record, which is considered to be the first full country rock record ever, another seminal record. They recorded all the acoustic guitar on that album with this guitar, and him and Graham wrote Hickory Wind on this guitar. Um, so Bob was finding he's going to have to play these shows, and he's playing this guitar, but it's reminding him of Graham and other friends of his that have passed and reminding him of some his time in, in L.A. and just some you know issues and stuff that he had then, and he found that he needed to get another guitar just so he wouldn't be reminded of these things when he was playing music because he just wanted it to be a positive thing. And, uh, you know, through many twists of fate, which I'm so thankful for, he uh, bequeathed that guitar to me because he wanted to be in the hands of someone who was going to play it, not in a museum, not a collector, not some rich guy who puts it in some you know vacuum-controlled room. So I've got this 1962 Martin D28 that belonged to Bob that they recorded Safe at Home on, that him and Graham wrote Hickory Wind on. And every year when I go to these, these festivals, I, I try to take it if I can so people can hear the guitar that recorded those tunes. Um, I do recording with it. I take it out to some shows and just kind of soak in that mojo. So if you want to see some pictures of it through the years, if you want to read a little bit more in-depth story of that, have some quotes, you can go to my website, davidcry.com. There's a little thing on the top somewhere that says Hickory Wind Guitar. If you click on that, you can read a whole bunch, see some pictures of Bob with it, see some pictures of me and Bob. And then, you know, in continuing that forward movement, you know, I don't really consider that, my guitar now i'm just the caretaker for now and one day somebody else will be the caretaker but again speaking of guitar geeks music geeks i do my best to get that in the hands of people that appreciate it and through the the years that i've had it i've been able to thankfully and awesomely get to bring that guitar for emmylou harris to play rodney crowell albert lee uh, rich robinson mm -hmm from the Black Crows and, and a bunch of other people. Um, actually, next week, I'll be going down to New York City to take it down uh, for uh, the David Grisman, uh, what, what are they called? Uh, sextet, the David Grisman Sextet. A uh, buddy of mine plays guitar in that, and I'm going to bring it down there for him to noodle around on. And I don't know, maybe we'll get David Grisman to cut some licks on it too or something. Wow, that's fantastic. And, and I'm looking at the photos on your website right now with all of the people holding on to this guitar. It's fantastic. But what a great story that you got this guitar. Do you have anybody in mind that you want to bequeath it to? Well, I'm planning, you to, don't be, have to, say. I'm planning to be around for a while. So, <laughs> I mean, right now, right now, if something had to happen, Jim Lauderdale said he really wanted it. So uh -huh. I would, uh, I would give it to him, but I'm hoping me and this guitar are going to be together be for together. at least another 40 years. So. <laughs> okay. So uh, how about, uh, well, you don't have that guitar with you, but you have another great Martin guitar with you. How about doing another live performance? Sure, here? yeah. I'll play. Uh, this is, so we were speaking before about the ability to play shows 
uh, in these different configurations. And one thing that always really tickles me about that is the way that I can present all of these same songs in different ways and the focus of each song, uh, how a different focus will come out with a different lineup, whether it's the band, the duo with Amy, the duo with my uh, steel and fiddle player, or just solo. So talking about Graham, talking about dichotomies, here's a, a tune that's on my last full-length record. Uh, it's called Old Oak and Chicory, and this was definitely, uh, Graham had a big inspiration on this. So you can hear a, a solo version of this now, and then you know I'd be much obliged if you'd go Check out the full band version at your leisure, too. Wood stoves and Tijuana throws Leather boots and a broken Cat's purr and jackets of sheep's fur Bringing back the smell of all dog and chicory On Jan White Christmas lights Leon Russell and a sidewalk shuffle Martin guitars and vintage bars Bringing back the smell of all dog and chicory Chicory will keep you up All the miles on this old highway Don't make it any easier To say a goodbye Goodbye, good luck Faded jeans and new Orleans Starlight and you at night This hard, hard and hard And one more false star Bringing back The smell of all dark and chicory These thoughts of home Keep playing with my memory They're bringing back the smell Of all dark and chicory Chicory will keep you up All the miles on this old highway Don't make it any easier to say a goodbye They don't make it easier to say a goodbye Goodbye, good luck Now, if you want to hear the professionally recorded version of that, uh, you could pick up David's album, Country Dreamer, and it's the lead song on that album. 
old oak and chicory. Okay, uh, any any particular story behind that tune? That song's very uh, typifies probably the main thing that I think about when I write songs, which is nostalgia. I think uh, definitely a romantic at heart, and uh, like I said, I'm kind of analytical, so I, you know I'm always thinking about things. So the nostalgia creeps in there. And, uh, and that's, you know, I guess how that song came about thinking about things moving forward, things going away, uh, you know, things always seem a lot sweeter in the past when you look at them with rose colored glasses. But when it comes to writing, um, I've heard a lot of other people say this too, especially I know Neil Young says it a lot. There's just like this weird little muse or energy that just sort of shows itself and something happens so there's a lot of songs where that'll happen to me all of a sudden it's 10 minutes later and i got a whole song and nothing needs to be changed about it um a good example on that same record is dreaming with you i just sat down with the guitar i don't know what happened next thing i know five minutes later i got a three minute song and it's uh kind of perfect
but then other times, you know, I carry around a notebook or a good thing about having all these digital phones and stuff is there's little notepads or voice recorders. Maybe I'll say something uh, or think something or hear something and I'll just make a little note and then that's all I'll need is a little line. You know, one line, I'll set it off like uh, like that song Shotgun Rider that I played before. Um, <laughs> the first line of that says, they say that a little bit never hurt nobody. And uh, I mean, whatever, maybe this is too much information, but I was messing around a guitar, wanted to write a song. And as they're wont to do, my cat was just never endingly begging for food. And I was like, all right, we can give you a little bit. You know, they say that a little bit never hurt nobody. And then I was like, well, this song isn't going to have to be about a cat eating food, but that was it. Then I said, let's just take that one line and see what happens. And then another song there. But um, yeah. And uh, well, maybe we could play a, a track, another track off that record. Because um, I definitely want to give some props and time to the band uh, my band the saddle tramps uh, we got a bunch of great guys in that and uh it is saturday morning right now and there's a great song in there i'd be happy to, uh, to have come up right now which is a, a friday night song i've been playing gigs for a few days and had a friday night last night my gig last night didn't end till uh about 1 a.m and then i had to drive over an hour home and then i drove up here it took about an hour and a half to get up here so I'm running on a Saturday morning, Friday night voice oh a little goodness. bit. So thank you all for bearing with me. But this is one called uh, Getting Dirty. Best just right again, girl. 
This coming September, you have a concert very close to where we are right now. Uh, talk about that one. Yes. Yeah, so speaking of the band and uh, yeah, getting them into this area, we're really lucky and thankful that the Roxbury Art Group is going to have us, David Cry and the Saddle Tramps, up on uh, Thursday night, September 1st, uh, right in Stamford, New York, uh, at the what is that veterans veterans memorial park right there in town it's a free outdoor show starts at 7 p.m i uh, will be doing two sets and that'll be me doing everything you're hearing now plus uh, our great pedal steel player and fiddle player from woodstock new york fuch Fischetti, who uh plays every thursday night in woodstock in a great band a great bluegrass band with the legendary eric weisberg huh. who did dueling banjos and played on uh, Dylan's Blood on the Tracks. And then we got one of my best friends, a guy I grew up with who's played every single band show I've ever done except one when he was busy, um, really super busy. But my, our great drummer, Chris Ragucci, and then uh, we're going to have a great bass player joining us that night uh, named Chris Machia. So we're ready to bring some honky-tonk music. Fantastic. And, and everything, yeah. so hopefully... Uh, well, hopefully everybody around the world can catch us somewhere else, but everybody right in this nook of the world we're in right now will be able to come out and put that in their calendar and have a good, you know, community, all ages, outdoor, free day or evening of music. Terrific. That's really terrific. Once again, I'm speaking with David Cry, and David's website is David Cry, that's spelled K R A A I. Dot com Fairly simple to get to. Lots of great information there. Uh, lyrics to songs, contacts, uh, that hickory uh, wind guitar that he spoke about. A really interesting story with a photo of the guitar. And uh, David, uh, how about one more tune uh, sure. before we leave for today? And uh, one more live tune. And we'll, we will be playing some, uh, and probably have al already played uh, songs from David's albums. And, and while we're talking about that website, all of my dates are always on there. And I always, you know, if, if you don't live near anywhere I'm playing, I always like to say if there's a, if you feel like there's a cool venue by you, uh, Shoot me a shoot me an, a line with that info because next time I'm coming going on tour I'll try to get to your neck of the woods, and uh, again I really appreciate you uh, pronouncing my name correctly. <laughs> that's that's kind of like the bane of my existence. Um, but... I speak to so many people that have unusual names, but we can take this moment to tell people the the whatever the entomology is that the word i don't know of my name but my my name cry is the dutch word for crow like the bird ah so interesting I didn't know that. there we go so yeah so we've been talking about all the different ways that i'm fortunate enough to play music and all the people that i'm lucky to play music with we talked about the band of course we talked about uh me solo a lot and we did tease a little bit how i play in a duo uh with this other great singer songwriter named amy labor who she's a She's uh, making a new record right now, which I played on, and a bunch of other great people, so maybe she'll be up here. But speaking of going anti-digital and being nostalgic and vintage and loving everything old that got us here today, uh, a little bit back, 
couple years ago, Amy and I, as a duo, made a 45 record, a seven-inch record um, of two new songs that weren't on any of our other stuff. And so I figured we could uh, play the one that I wrote right now. This is called Border Song. Mostly folk. And uh, I think that we have covered a lot of ground here today. Good, did I? And uh, all I can say is uh, is there anything we haven't spoken about that you feel compelled to mention? We've talked about your website, David Cry, K R A A I dot com. 
and uh, David has three albums out. One of them is out of print now, but out of print in physical format, but you can still get it on iTunes. Okay, and there you go. Stuff, you know. So uh, anybody that wants to find out more about that, just go to David's website. It's filled with lots of information and uh, ways to get his music. And don't forget that in September, uh, David will be performing in Stamford, New York, sponsored by the Roxbury Arts Group, Yes, which, of course, is certainly of interest to the folks in this area where we are right now. And I know David must be exhausted after a concert, after performing last night, driving, uh, driving home, driving up here this morning. So, uh, David, I want to thank you for being here today and for sharing your music with my listening audience. And uh, all I could say is I wish you the best for future endeavors. Thank you so much for having me. This has been, uh, this has been great. You know, I, I was wondering if I'd be hurting... But I'm feeling great. I'm little sleep and had a great morning hanging out with you here and picking. Wow. And thank you for sharing my music with your listeners. I appreciate that. Well, have a safe trip home. Keep your eyes open, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Who knows? I might see you up in Stanford. When That'd be great. Yeah, out everybody out there, come out to a show, listen to some music, drop me a line if you got any questions. There's a lot of cool concert posters and stuff on my website, and onward and upward. Thanks, David.
your heart's supposed to be at home. So Annie, hey Annie, would you take a stand for me? Point your rifle in the sky and set us free, free from the chains the air can set up. From his album Country Dreamer, that was David Cry and the Saddle Tramps, along with Amy Labor. And the name of that song was Home Sweet Home. Well, I want to thank David for joining me live here in the studio today. I do hope you enjoyed the conversation and the music. But the voices of Roy and Dale are telling me that it's time to say farewell for this episode. But I'll be back before you can dot another I, Bob Cratchit. And I do hope you join me for the very next episode of Mostly Folk. Keep smiling until then. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather. Happy trails to you.